Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to the Cosmo Happy Hour. It's everything you would talk about with your best friends, from sex to celebrity to entertainment. From the editors of Cosmopolitan.com, this is the Cosmo Happy Hour with Elisa Benson. If you work 40 hours a week, that means you spend roughly 2,000 hours a year at the office, which is great if you love your coworkers and not so great if you can't stand them. It is inevitable that you won't get along with everyone in life, and you probably don't love every single coworker at your job. Of course, I know it's common to have an occasional disagreement with someone in a meeting or feel a little irritated when it feels like your boss is being especially difficult lately. But what about that one person who really gets under your skin? You know the one. She's toxic around the office, always seems to one-up your great ideas or bring down morale with a negative attitudes towards everything in the Slack chat. So how do we handle ourselves in moments of conflict with those people at work who we spend eight hours or more a day with? And on the other end of the spectrum, as a supervisor, how do we handle our employees who just can't get along? I'm Elisa Benson. This is Cosmopolitan.com's Happy Hour Podcast. And today we are talking about work drama and how to deal with it. Joining me on the panel today is Cosmopolitan's Assistant Brand Coordinator, Deandra Barnwell. Hi, Deandra. Hello, Elisa. Thank you so much for having me. Um, you were the perfect person to co-host this episode <laughs> because there is basically, your work life is so dramatic, a television show it's is literally created very around dramatic. it. I know a little bit about workplace you drama. Know a little bit about workplace <laughs> drama. So for people who aren't already super fans of yours from So Cosmo, which of course was E's reality show that aired earlier this year, um, give us the sort of like one sentence like briefing on it. What do, you, what do you people need to know? So Cosmo, fabulous, glamorous, dramatic. <laughs> <laughs> that was, I guess it wasn't a complete sentence. Yeah, but no, that was perfect. It, that really was it. So you were one of the stars of the show. Yes. It Cameras followed you around yep. for, what was it, two months in Three total? Months. Three months. In Three total. months in yep. total. Um, so basically, not only were you dealing with workplace drama, as we all do, but it was actually being like recorded it was and being filmed. Recorded. Yeah, and, so I mean... You, in any working environment, you're going to run into some conflict with people. This one, I think, was a little bit more escalated just given the, you know, aspect that we had cameras following us. And that heightens everything. And, you know, everyone's a little bit more tense because you're nervous and you want to, you know, be portrayed in a certain way. And when at the end of the day, like when you're tired and exhausted and like someone's confronting you, you just go for it I guess and there was one of I mean one of the early arcs in the show was basically between you and our dear friend Steven mm-hmm. who's the bookings editor and kind of some beef between you guys mm-hmm. in the office you want to talk about that a little bit <laughs> sure I mean I'm super open about it just as Steven is and you know like at the end of the day we're all a big family quote unquote and you know like families people are going to fight get in a under each other's skin and it's nothing it's not like we have some you know vendetta against each other that's not the case but sometimes you don't see eye to eye and a lesson that I've learned is you're not going to be everyone's cup of tea 
And that's been a hard lesson for me to learn because I feel like I want to radiate sunshine all the time and I want everyone to like me and that's just not realistic. So yeah. And I mean, I think that's like, you know, I think that can be one of the biggest things that I have learned Mm -hmm. over my many, many, many years of being a professional adult human is sort of separating the personal from the professional. For sure. I actually had a um, boss earlier on in my career and this was like an amazing piece of advice that she gave me I remember I'd been like working on this huge project I was actually at 17 magazine at the time and I was lining up all of these giveaways for the freebie page (laughs) as I'm like saying this out loud I'm realizing it sounds like so dumb AF (laughs) not at all but I'd worked really hard to get all of these companies to donate tech products that we were giving away in the magazine and I went into the editor-in-chief Anne Choquette at the time Mm -hmm. who was my boss for years and years and years and who I owe so much to but I remember I walked into her office and I was like here's the list of giveaways I've coordinated so many emails so many phone calls about getting all this free product for the magazine and she kind of looks at me and she was like I didn't approve the giveaway concept of being tech products my heart dropped Dropped into your stomach yeah and I just like I literally I'm experiencing had spent, yeah, PTSD for you. Like, I, had I get spent, it. like days of work trying yes. to like hail Mary to get these tech products donated. And like, I think she saw in the moment she f- saw my face like yeah. totally fall. And she just looked at me and she was like, it's not personal. It's just business. It's just business. <laughs> I know. And you're like, oh, but, but it's like, it's, it is personal. Yeah, it but I thought about it's, that so yeah, many times. Like, yeah. it's actually not a personal affront <laughs> if the editor is like, I don't want to give away tech products in the magazine. I want to give away beauty exactly. products. It's not an attack on your character. Yes, <laughs> that doesn't mean that I am like an empty shell of a human being, <laughs> yeah, which is exactly. like how I felt in that moment. But it's hard to separate that. Yeah. It really is, especially because I feel like most of us are, if anyone's like me, I'm a type A person. I'm very invested in my job. Yes. So when someone has a negative opinion about that, you take it personally. Yeah. It's not the right thing to do. You should should separate it but speaking from experience yeah. and as a very emotional person I take it personally and even like emotions aside I mean like yeah. especially being you know one of the stars of so Cosmo yeah. like you are Cosmo like you represent Cosmo you know it's day very important and night. to me it's very important to you yeah. it's a part of your identity exactly um you know I think for a lot of us for women especially like our jobs do become huge pieces of our identity Absolutely. and yeah so it hurts when somebody criticizes and that leads that leads to so much trauma it does another huge f up I once made that this was like probably my most dramatic of all work drama moments (laughs) um very early on in my career also at 17 I did the thing where I sent an email about my boss to my boss oh I mean I've done that in a text message (laughs) but not about my boss oh my god oh my god but like about a boy about about a boy or a friend right right right. okay yeah which like actually the friend drama was probably worse and like in my defense I'm like not a shit talker around the office so like the email that I sent wasn't even necessarily like I wasn't bashing my boss it was something along the lines of I meant to forward it to my coworker Lauren and I said to Lauren something along the lines of like our boss who I'll leave unnamed (laughs) but like our hey like I saw that you weren't on this email like I know our boss is bad about including you but like this is what you missed and so that was really all I said it wasn't like that shit talky but it was I one major learning that critique. I had. Yeah, it was a critique. Yeah. And I was like, our boss is yeah. bad about keeping you in the <laughs> yeah. loop. Which like I've realized anytime someone is saying anything about you that wasn't intended mm-hmm. to be heard, mm-hmm. it like really strikes a nerve with of people. It does. It doesn't of actually it matter does. that to me that wasn't that much of an insult. And yeah, I feel like still. also played into these fears that she was probably having about <laughs> like now that sounded condescending and that's not how I meant it but like even though it wasn't that big of a deal to say she was leaving someone off an email like 
now as a boss i know that feeling of feeling like you're never keeping your shit together right like exactly letting things fall to the cracks so yeah between like a critique and like an insult i guess yeah and it's uh, all about how other people take it yeah know, their perception of things so it's hard yeah i can't believe i just like we're like two minutes into this episode and i'm just like i'm like let me tell you all the terrible things i've done in the office i feel like it's a therapy session yeah it's it so weird. A therapy when session. people i don't i have an effect on people yeah. i don't know why yeah, yeah. Like, just tell me they tell you all secrets. their secrets that's why you're a good person to have on a reality tv show <laughs> And they're like, let me report them to the producers. Yeah. I'm just kidding. I would never yeah, do that. Yeah, yeah, you would never. <laughs> um, are you super careful about everything you put in email and in Slack and everything? I'm so careful. Yeah. I'm so careful. Just because one of the greatest lessons my mom ever taught me is don't put anything in writing yeah. that you wouldn't want to get out that or, you want or that you want forwarded. Yeah. So I'm super careful. I, you know, go over every email that I send. I'm meticulous about making sure who is in, you know, who I'm, you know, yeah. um, copying on it. Um, so very, very important, especially in a work environment. They track, they can track anything that we do and yeah. you just want to be super careful and professional at all times. Yeah. And like Anna, you know, you had the experience of sort of cameras rolling yeah. and how easy it is to almost like forget that they're in the room and yeah. sort of blab your secrets on oh, easily. TV. Especially even with the cameras there, yeah. you become such good friends with the production right. crew. So it's, so like it's no like big at, deal. It's no big deal. And yeah. like in a certain point, I mean, they keep their distance, you know, they're professional about it, but like they like, you know, we build a rapport. So yeah. it's like you're comfortable. It's just like another friend in the room. So you're going to say whatever you want to say. Exactly. You get, um, you have to remind yourself. Exactly. Like, you have to remind yourself. Filmed. Yeah. So and it wasn't even about the cameras. Yeah. It was more about the relationships that we built with them that made Feeling us feel so comfortable. Yeah. So then you just go off on a tangent. You you completely forget like, wait a minute. Like, yeah. I, I have to edit myself. Yeah. And I feel like that's the same way with like email yeah, and Slack. It's course. like we all know. Of like course. I would never say anything. But then like yeah. all of a sudden you're like in bed, you know, you're deep in combo with your coworker or you're like pissed right. about an email Anytime. your boss sent. And there like, is like a phone, yeah. a computer, or a camera involved. It's so important to edit yourself yeah. and to be super, super careful. Yeah, you just never know. Yeah, to be on point. One of thing course. I will say, and tell me your profession opinion on I this. Will. I feel like one thing that sort of surprises people, and you know, I've been working at Cosmo in seventeen for my entire career, which has been eleven years. I'm old AF, oh but gosh. I feel like sometimes early on, especially because when I kind of like was coming up in the industry, it was like when Devil Wears Prada was just out in yeah. theater. And like that, that sort of idea of the like bitchy glamour of the fashion and magazine media industry. I feel like I was constantly saying to people that it's not actually like that. Like I and again, my entire experience has really been working in office places that were like primarily women. Yeah. And sometimes people would have the impression that that would be very like catty. And I was always right. like fighting that. I was right. like, it's actually not like that at right. all. Right. Right. Like I get that question all the time. That's yeah. literally the first question anybody asks me when yeah. I tell them I work at Cosmo. Is it like the Devil Wears Prada? Yeah. And I have to say, uh, no. I mean, that was a movie that yeah. was like a very extreme like interpretation of what the right. fashion industry magazine industry is right so I mean certain aspects yeah sometimes it's just as glamorous or sometimes it's just as intense but for yeah. the most part I feel like with my experience at Cosmo we work in an environment that is all about empowering women yeah and that's the vibe that I get in the office you know we want to build each other up we all are working the same hours we're under all the same deadlines right. like you said earlier we see each other more than we see our families so it's super important I mean of course there's going to be some tension right of course. right not going to get along with case, ev- any office place any office yeah. place but I feel like in my experience 
happens it's been more it's much more pleasant yeah I'm actually that. like I can't imagine how dramatic it would be to like work with men I can't imagine men are such drama queens they're worse than us yeah are you kidding me yeah. oh that is another podcast honey let yeah me tell you. exactly we'll have you back <laughs> on for that one but um, I think we should go ahead D and call up some of our friends let's, let's and get some more friends. like dramatic work stories I love it I all love right it. let's do it our first guest today has a coworker who is pretty difficult to get along with Hopefully, we can help her out. Welcome, Kate. How are you? Hi, Kate. Hi, I'm good. How are you? Good. Where are you calling from? I'm calling, calling from L.A. L.A. in the <laughs> house. Yes, I was a former L.A. girl. Once upon a time. Once upon a time. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so Kate, tell us about the um, dramatic situ- situation you're dealing with at work. Well, okay, so um, I have a coworker who's technically my direct supervisor Ooh, so my drama yeah she's technically my direct supervisor though we have like a mutual boss that we both kind of answer to um and there's kind of two issues i mean first of all she bullies my boss which what? awkward is very <laughs> so awkward how, how and like yeah what do you mean she bullies her like she you? calls her names or she like <laughs> Is just kind of undermines everything she says. Oh wow! Like and talks down to her, and like kind of minimizes, you know, her feelings in a lot of situations. Yeah, and that's really awkward to sort of observe that. Very. Yeah, and it's it's strange because I'm like, in those situations, it's not me that's being bullied, but it's still I'm like, I need to do something about this. You know what I mean? Yeah. Was there Um, any? Do you have any like specific juicy stories? Like anything that comes to mind of like a real specific incident? I mean, specifically, like, she, so Becca, who is the bully, (laughs) she specifically, like, told me that she gaslit my boss for a year, and she even used those words, gaslit. No. Um, Yeah, she told me, which, like, why would you tell me that, first of all? That's weird. That's a very (laughs) awkward situation. Um, Yeah. Yeah, she said, she basically said, like, um, you know, every day for, like, a year, she would move this plant that's in the office, and... Our boss is pretty, you know, she uh, she's pretty observant. She'll come in and she'll be like, oh, like, did the plant move? It looks like it's far away or something. And she's like, no, you're crazy. <gasps> like, oh. it didn't move at all. That yes. is, this is actually insane and particularly insane because it, I mean, it's like, so pointless yeah like that doesn't really it it doesn't help her get ahead to like make her boss feel and i feel like it's almost more awkward for you as a bystander because it's like what do you do in that situation yeah (laughs) what do you do kate what did you do do? (laughs) (laughs) um i mean this was when i was pretty new at the company so i kind of was like you know this something like i don't know (laughs) I, i think i kind of you know pretended a laugh with her you know what I mean because I'm like you had no other choice she's my direct supervisor like I'm trying to make nice with her and And clearly didn't want to get on her bad side right exactly (sighs) exactly and she volunteered this information to me which was so confusing um, that is so crazy. Okay, so she's a psychopath. Right? Yeah, that's, that's, that's great. a crazy so, person. That's not just like yeah. a mean coworker. That's a deranged individual. Yeah. Well, so what are you Especially doing about it? Boss. Yeah. What are you going <laughs> to do about it? Well, I mean, it's been a little while now, and like I, I have done stuff. You know, I have kind of stood up to for my boss before, and I've stood up for myself in ways, um, in like really slight ways, and um, you know. I, one time she basically, she was like, oh, like Kate is such a mean girl. Like, 
You think what? she's so sweet and nice in the beginning, and then she'll turn sassy on you. She told and who she, she said s- that about you? about you. To who? She said that on me when I I've I've like since stood up for my boss and kind of been like, you know, you should really. So specifically, I there was a situation where um, Becca was kind of telling my boss like, you're you're flipping out. You need to relax. Like, you know, you're taking this too seriously. When it was a pretty situ- serious situation where she had to confirm a shoot mm. um, for the next day. And it was a pretty high stress situation, and she kind of minimized my boss's like emotions. Oh, yeah. And so I was like, you know, you should probably, you know, um, I was like, I, I kind of used her words against her. She had said this before. She had said like, these are my feelings. You need to respect my feelings. And she had said that to me. Right. Oh, yeah. They're right her feelings. Her. You need to respect them. Right. <laughs> exactly. So I used her own words against her, and she got so visibly upset she had to leave. And take her lunch. Oh my god, she can dish it out, but she can't take it. Take it. Yeah. Typical. Typical. And so then I feel like, do you remember that infamous Katy Perry tweet, subtweet about Taylor Swift, where she was like, "Watch out for Regina George and sheep's clothing." (laughs) I feel like that's basically what she was saying about you—that you're a secret mean girl. Ew. That's exactly what she was saying. You're so right. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my god. How did your boss handle it then? This is the thing. I'm like, she's brainwashed. Like. She kind she's of like the plants her. moving. I'm crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know for real. She's like, well, I guess I'm just crazy. Um, oh, yeah, dear. she kind of adores her, and that's that's the biggest really? issue with the whole problem is that this whole company kind of adores this girl, and um, there really is nowhere for me to go. Um, Kate, I think you need to. Up. I think you need to leave. I think you need to lean into yeah, the aspects of your job too. that you love. And I think you need to look for another position. It just, it sounds like it's not going to get better. And it feels like this is going to slowly eat away at you. And it also sounds like a very warped environment. I mean, you're telling me, you're telling us like all these things that are going on. It doesn't seem like your boss is really aware. Right. And, and, right. Which is why and, it's not going to get yeah, better. It's not going to get better. Yeah. And God forbid you get put into a sit like you get directly dragged into the situation. I mean, that would just be so toxic. Yeah. You know? Exactly. Exactly. I mean, you're so right. I mean, I, I have been like the victim of it at some point. Okay. And I've, yeah. you know, like I've said, I've stood up for myself. I've stood up for my boss, but it, you know, it hasn't gone anywhere, like you said. So, you know, it's probably probably will just like eat away at me slowly. Yeah, yeah totally. I feel like it already is. Yeah, a bit. and like I do think. Look, in every work environment, there are like crazy bosses yep. or crazy coworkers. Yep. Like that is normal, and you obviously can't leave a job every time you have a frustration right. with someone on your staff. But this the is fact, like next yeah, <laughs> that this is next love, and the fact that it's been going on for so long, and that it doesn't really seem like there's any circumstance mm-hmm. that sort of like things could be better you know it's not like the right. crazy coworker, but people are kind right. of on to it like this is mm-hmm. sort of like yeah yeah all right kate thank you so thank much you for joining so us call us back when you have thank a fab you. new job exactly. and keep us updated and we wish you nothing but oh my the best, God, thank you so much <laughs> thank you all right bye, bye girl bye welcome to play it a new podcast network featuring radio and tv personalities talking business sports tech entertainment and more play it at play.it Our next guest started out working in her industry for a few bosses she really admired and even considered mentors. Unfortunately, her relationship with these mentors quickly went south. And on the line to share with us her story is Kylie. Hi, Kylie. Hey, girl. Hi. How are you guys? Good. How are you? Good. Where are you calling from? 
I'm calling from Los Angeles. Oh, another, another West Coast baby. I love it. Yes. <laughs> Deandra was once upon a time. I was. So tell us, it sounds like things started out great for you in your career. And then, as I said in the dramatic intro, quickly went south. Can you <laughs> walk us through what happened? Yeah, I mean, I was given a really awesome opportunity to dive right into my industry and uh, really was embraced when I first got there and uh, felt like, oh my gosh, this is going to be a place I can really grow and they're really, they're allowing me to, you know, to do big like pitches and they're including me in things and then it slowly became less and less and I was just like, what's going on? Like, why are things changing? I haven't started working any less hard. Right. Um, and so it, it was just like a little confusing for me, uh, you know, having just started out and wondering, is this what's supposed to happen? No, that's not what's supposed to happen. Actually. No. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> so um, what, what was the sort of like turning point? Well, I, so you know, I had this one woman who I did consider a mentor and she really, I felt like early on took me under her wing and, you know, would always be like, you're doing so great and like all this stuff. And then I started feeling like she was excluding me from meetings and uh, not really giving me much feedback. And I'm not, I'm not somebody who really likes controversy, but at the right. same time, if I feel like I'm doing something wrong, it's like, you want to just tell me because yeah. then I can fix it. But if you don't tell me, I don't know. So right. I finally was just kind of got up the courage and was just like, Hey, like, um, how do you think I'm doing? You know, it was, it was simple as that. <laughs> That's and good. You, that, it's I think it just opened yeah. the door for her to, uh, just really come at me in like she just kind of unloaded on me to oh, the point where mm. I was close to tears. Oh, no. Was um, this like in an office or a conference room? What was the setting? It was in an office. It was in um, it was actually in her office because I didn't share it. I was in the, the office next to her. And, um, you know, she was she we were on like a team and she wasn't the top tier of the team. She was kind of in the middle, the one directly above me. Okay. And, and so, so had you called yeah, was, a meeting? Like, were you being all like professional about right. this? Like, I want to check in or did you just swing by her office? Barge in. Um, it was kind of the atmosphere where, you know, we drop in and out of each other's offices like all the time. And so like when that's why when doors started getting closed on me, when it was such an open environment, I was yeah. like, what is going, What's on? going on? Right. Um, so I kind of just like, yeah, I think we had just finished the meeting, if I remember correctly. And uh, it was just me and her. And I was just like, hey, can I can I ask you something really quick? Uh, so it was, I try to keep it casual. Yeah. And just kind yeah. of. You know, chill. I didn't right. want to make it a big thing, you know? Yeah. And then what happened? She was literally, she, like you said, used this as her opportunity to just, like, freak out. Yeah. She just kind of unloaded on me about all the, like, things that she felt like I was doing incorrectly. And not only that, like, she then made it about who I was as a person uh. and was like, you know, a lot of people in the office, like, feel this way about you. Like, so then it's like, oh, my gosh, who can I trust here? Because it sounds like if she's telling me the truth, like, a lot of people who I thought really liked me, like, think negative things of me. And I'm just like, like, you know, it just made me question my whole 
office identity, I guess. Um, I, that's so really I just, disheartening. I kind of all trust in her. Yeah, that's really yeah. disheartening. I've been there, and there's nothing worse than people, you know, if someone has a critique about your work, that's one thing. You can fix that, but it's like your character. I'm so sorry. Yeah. When not, nobody else has kind of shown this negative kind of uh, – feelings about me so basically in some ways i feel like this was like almost like when you're dating a guy and you kind of feel like he's being a little bit like strange or something has shifted and then it's like this explosive conversation but all of a sudden it's like out there the this great work environment was not what you thought what happened after that so uh it was towards the end of the run um for for the job because i I work uh within the entertainment business and like you know things shows shows come and go right um and so i kind of just kind of got a stiff upper lip and was just like you know what i'm just gonna keep moving forward kind of keep my head down and get through this because and just know like this isn't an, an environment and this isn't like the the certain part of this industry that i really want to be a part of anymore and it, it was a it was definitely a huge learning opportunity for me to unfortunately not you know, fully trust people right. uh, because not everybody really is there um, to, to 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 raise you up. A lot of people want to keep you down yeah. because they want to yeah. stay above you. And um, so y- it's just it's just unfortunate, but uh, at the same time, a lesson learned. And you know, I. I have yet to work with that person again, and I'm completely fine with that. Yeah. Yeah. Good riddance. Yeah. Yeah. You had another male boss who was a mentor that was especially hard on you in front of coworkers. Mm. You know, is, do you think in your industry, tell us about that. And like, do you think that's just kind of common, almost that like hazing mentality in the entertainment industry? Yeah, I I almost think it is. And it's almost like a, Thing that we're taught is you just got to suck it up and they always say pay your dues right yes. you have to pay your dues to move up and um so obviously in you know being a young woman who is very hungry and just mm-hmm. really wanted to have opportunities and to move up you just kind of let people kind of treat you that way because you you think that's what it's supposed to be and uh yeah so i had a a, a, a male mentor who you know, was really kind of a older brother figure to me, okay. um, which was great. And so I was like, when as soon as he asked me to come work with him after kind of the other incident happened, I was like, oh my god, great! This is a safe place. This is somebody who I know sure. will protect me sure. and um, you know look out for me. And you know, and there's a couple other women that worked under him with me and, and some gentlemen too. And at first it was fine, but then it just kind of started becoming a, when he would talk to other people, it was like in a fun, friendly way. But when he would talk to me, it was almost like a, um, like almost in like a servant way of like not saying, you know, like just, just Keaton, I need this now. Oh, like I need this now. I need this now. You know what I mean? So he was like um, buddy, like growing it up with everybody everybody else. else. And then with you, it was almost like, do this, do that. Right. Exactly. So uh, it and, and then it started happening like over like around other people to to a point where a couple like uh, like upper or higher ups came up to me who are at the same level as him and were just like, "Are you okay? Like, yeah, you know, that's not okay for you to, for him to be talking." That's to when you, you know like it's that. a problem when like, other right, people when notice. Other people, yeah, that's a really good point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, at that point, I was just like. 
okay. And but I was still so scared to talk to bring it up to him because I just feel like well at the time I felt like it was a lot harder for me to talk to men in the workspace than women. Like I felt yeah. like women oh they're they're my sisters, you know, they they you know, pro women, we're all looking out for each other. Sure. But men, especially this guy was much older than me, it was a lot more daunting. So I never said anything to him. Um I just again was like, you know, you know, it's it, it, a lesson learned, and this is not somebody I want to be working with moving forward. You know, I, yeah. you pick and choose, I feel like, as you go through your career of, okay, I love this type of environment. Right. These are good people, right. and then, you know, this isn't my, my type of environment. So you kind of learn what you don't like so you can continue to follow what you like. Um, to be happy in your job in your career. Well, um, Kylie, I have yeah. to. I have to handle. I have to hand it to you. It feels like even though you've definitely had some bosses that it felt like really turned on you in various mm-hmm. ways. I feel like you're like keeping your head high, yeah. and you're all like, "Here's what I've learned from this experience." Exactly. Now, that's the most important part. If you can yeah. take a lesson away from it and like better yourself, and then take that away, then that's perfect. Yeah, I think you're handling it really well. I, Good for you, girl. I mean, not to say. I didn't have days where I went home crying. Oh, of and course, was like, we all have. Yeah. What am I doing wrong? But I guess yeah. in retrospect, yes. I have to look back on it and think of it in a positive way um, because now I know that's not what I want and that's exactly. not how I should be treated. Exactly. And, and I can and share that with other people. And, and now you're stronger for it. Yeah, exactly. And and it, and it also teaches you a lesson as, as I've grown in my career too because I don't want I want to make sure anybody who might see me as a mentor doesn't feel like that or if they do feel like that be like oh my gosh exactly you know, what can i do to change or get out of that situation so and it'll help make them get you out of that it'll make you a better leader for sure yeah absolutely well, Kylie, Absolutely. thank you so thank much. Thank you and, so much. Yeah, thank you for sharing all of your terrible, like, hard, <laughs> hard-learned lessons You go, us. girl. You go, girl. Exactly. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, talk to you again <laughs> thank soon. Thank you guys so much. Bye. Bye. Okay, bye-bye. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. I wanted to share with you all today a new product that has really helped me lately with reducing the appearance of a scar on my skin. The number one doctor and pharmacist recommended brand, Mederma. Mederma Advanced Scar Gel is the only one-time-per-day scar care product that is clinically shown to reduce the appearance of scars, making the product cost-effective and convenient. Other scar care products might appear cost-effective at first, but they must be applied multiple times per day, which basically defeats the purpose of saving money and time. Plus, their new Mederma Quick Dry Oil is a brand new formulation on the market, and it helps improve the appearance of skin, scars, and stretch marks. It is multi-purpose. It serves several functions, as you can use it for scars and stretch marks, as well as keeping your skin hydrated. It's great to use on skin imperfections, but you can also use it daily as part of your skincare routine, which I do every morning. So go grab Mederma today. You can find it in the first aid aisle of many major retailers. Just because I love these products so much, I'll say them again. That is Mederma Advanced Scar Gel and their awesome new product, Mederma Quick Dry Oil. Grab Mederma from the first aid aisle today. Here on the line to help us and our previous callers resolve work drama the right way is our expert career coach, Gabby Bill. She earned her MBA from Harvard Business School, no big deal, and worked for (laughs) nearly a decade in the corporate world at the Walt Disney Company and Capital One before becoming a career advisor at SoFi. She's also the spokesperson for SoFi's Raise Week, meant to empower young professionals to know their value in the workplace. Welcome, Gabby. Hi, Gabby. Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah, where are you calling in from? 
I live in downtown Philadelphia. Oh, Philly. Philly. Okay. So much good food yeah, down there. I know. Oh, my gosh. I love it. Not <laughs> New York either. Right, right, exactly. right. Um, so, Gabby, we are talking all about work drama. We're going to fill you in a little later on some of the crazy situations we heard from our callers earlier in the episode. But just to start with, what is the biggest complaint you hear from clients regarding work drama? Yeah, it's a great question. I am. I think work drama is somewhat inevitable because work is really just a microcosm of real life. So I think a lot of the same characters that show up in life drama show up in work drama. Mm, so the gossip right. and the victim and the person who always thinks negative or the narcissist. Right. Uh, so I hear a lot about gossip and backstabbing and competition and just difficult relationships that people have with bosses, with colleagues, whomever it might be. Uh, so those are the big things that really come up. Um, so basically, point number one, drama and gossip is unavoidable in the workplace. <laughs> okay, noted. <laughs> noted. <laughs> noted. <laughs> so I think one of the most difficult situations in any workplace is when you have dra- drama specifically with your boss because you mm-hmm. can feel really stuck. And some of the co- some of the um, girls that we were talking to earlier were having problems with vo- bosses who are psycho for a variety of different reasons. What advice do you give to people who have a boss who is really intense or otherwise difficult to work with? Yeah. So first of all, I want to say that from my personal experience, I know just how important it is to have a great boss and have somebody that has your back and is really going to be your champion. Yep. So I think, first of all, there's an exercise here in looking internally at yourself and the things that you value in the workplace and really evaluating what's going on and how this situation with your boss affects you, not just today, but also how it might affect you in a year or two years If you want a promotion or if you want to get a raise, how is that relationship going to potentially be an obstacle for you? Uh, Specifically, though, in the short term, I think the biggest challenge that I see people having is, is having courageous conversations with someone that is an authority figure. But if you approach it from a place of honesty and being genuine and authentic with who you are uh, and address the behavior in a really mature way, uh, usually that has a positive result. When we don't address it in a mature way and we either try to control the situation or we just uh, ignore it and are passive aggressive, that's when things have a tendency to fester. Okay. So So I want to actually like drill into that and ask you a specific, like I think one sort of common, like generic thing we hear is like, my boss is really critical of me and basically never gives me any, like it's only the negative, but like, how Mm -hmm. do you as an employee, like address that? I mean, you can't be like, boss, you're You're mean mean to me. me. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But I think a lot of women feel that way. Mm. I mean, you certainly don't want to come in and, and cry and, and whine about it, but I exactly think it's totally fair. fair though to say, you know, positive reinforcement um, is really effective for me. And if there's something that I'm doing really well to have you call it out is going to make me feel great. And it's going to help me do even better work the next time. Um, it's even okay for you to put together your own list and say, here are the things that I think I do really well. Can you give me some feedback on this list? Would you agree? Yeah. Uh, the other thing though is yeah. you can also seek out feedback from other people at the office. So if you're specific direct manager isn't giving you what you need, can you create a mentorship relationship with someone that can? Or is there another manager on the team that is able to recognize these things more clearly and help point them out to you? So there are other options on the table. Great. And so one of our callers earlier um, was talking about basically like 
having a really insane coworker who was basically gaslighting their boss, what she would do, I just want to tell you this because it's so crazy. It's so crazy. What she would do is that her coworker, there was a plant in the office, and every day the coworker would move the plant to a slightly different location. And the boss would be like, wasn't that over there? And she'd be like, no, no. it's always been there. That's crazy. Which I actually think is like totally <laughs> psychotic. But <laughs> the point is, you know, I know nothing about anything, but we were basically saying to Kate earlier, that was her name that called in. We were right. like, Kate, you got to get you out of there. You work with a sociopath. Yeah. And so like, basically, find. I'm like be- giving unsolicited advice to people to quit their <laughs> jobs, which is probably, Kate, don't listen to me. But my question for you, Gabby, is there a point where, like, how do you recognize on some level, we all deal with crazy bosses and crazy coworkers. How, what is the line between suck it up and deal with it or try to make it better and deal with it and like you got to get out of there yeah yeah um well unfortunately i don't think there's like a silver bullet black and white answer to that question because mm, okay. a lot of it depends on you and totally. who you are as an individual what matters to you in the workplace and what sort of effect this behavior is having on you not only at work but also outside of work if sure. you're at the point where you're unproductive in the workplace because you can't focus or somebody's making you feel terrible and you have to be running to the bathroom to cry every hour mm. that's yeah. probably a bad sign good yeah. um, but i think you have to First of all, if you can avoid working with someone that's making your life miserable, removing yourself from the situation is always an option. Mm. Uh, But you also have to think about the other options available to you. Can you work on another team where you don't have to encounter this person? Can you move to a completely different office? Like, how big is your company? Um, And at some point, it might be the only option. Um, is to find yourself another position, but really only you can make that decision. Totally. And so how do you also, do you have any advice around having the hard conversation with yourself about whether or not you are the problem? Because we all think that <laughs> we have crazy bosses. That. Yeah, but yeah. it's like maybe I'm the how crazy do you know? one. How do you know when you're the problem? Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of that comes from patterns. So if you notice that the same thing is happening over and over again, Mm, then that might be an indicator that you should stop and take a look at yourself and really examine what the situation is and see if it could be something you're contributing. And asking for feedback is great. Uh, You do have to recognize, like, take feedback with a grain of salt. Sometimes the feedback you receive is actually more about the person giving you the feedback than Mm -hmm. it is about yourself. Mm -hmm. But sometimes it also is valid. And then you have the choice to make about whether or not you want to change your behavior. Right. Yeah. Um, Another sort of common thing that I feel like we hear, especially from, like, our young Cosmo girls, is that feeling, and I think this is especially true in today's climate, where many people have bosses who are maybe their age or even younger, that sort of feeling of, like, I'm doing all the work, and I'm the one that knows everything, and my boss doesn't know anything. I feel like we hear (laughs) versions of that. What sort of would you say, I mean, on one hand, it's like, first of all, that's, like, probably not totally true. Relax. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But what would you say? say to somebody that feels like they haven't they have a boss where really like they're the one that is sort of I don't know contributing all the ideas or whatever and their boss is sort of I don't know let me simplify my question what if you have a boss where you don't really feel like your boss is actually teaching you anything yeah well gosh I have like 
three different answers to this Yay, question. Yay, perfect. We need um, them. <laughs> I think the first one, and you kind of hinted at it, is this like iceberg concept, right? What we're seeing about our boss is only the tip of the iceberg and what's visible on the surface. We mm-hmm. don't really know what other conversations are happening and what's taking place when we're not in direct contact with our boss. So making assumptions about what our boss is or is not contributing really isn't giving them the benefit of the doubt or isn't being fair to them. So I would avoid at all costs jumping to those kinds of conclusions. The only thing it's going to do is make you feel worse about yourself, and that's not going to really be that productive. Uh, But I would say if you have a boss that you don't think is valuing you or isn't helping you to grow – Uh, you do have the opportunity to shape that situation. So we talked a little bit about, you mentioned Raise Week at the very beginning, and the whole concept of Raise Week is understanding your value and understanding what's important to you and then learning how to go out and communicate that and claim that value. So Mm -hmm. if you have a skill that you're lacking that, you know, getting under in your tool belt would help you get promoted, how can you then come up with a compelling argument and throw it to your manager to say, I would like to get this skill set, I'd like to take the certification class, or I'd like to get trained in this area. And in exchange, here's what I'm going to deliver to the company. So it's always a conversation about an exchange. You're asking for something in return for giving something. I, I, you, oh, yeah, sorry. I was just going to jump in to say, I think that's really smart advice, too, because we often hear in any conversation around, you know, asking for a raise to really highlight the ways you've contributed to the company. But I also like this proactive advice about saying like, how can you lean into your job and sort of use your job and use your situation to get more skills? Like take that class. How can you contribute? Yeah. For the better. I feel like that's what companies want anyway. Yeah. 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 We always think about salary when we think about negotiation. We always think about that dollar, but there is so much more that you can negotiate and so many more things that can contribute value to you. So really stepping out side of that that mindset that it's all about the number can open tremendous possibilities. And that's a great rebuttal, too, if a company comes back and says, listen, it's just not in the budget to give you a raise this year. Okay, mm-hmm. well, can I work from home one day a week? Can I have an extra couple days of vacation? Like, what else is important to you that you can negotiate? That's smart. That's great advice. Yeah, it is. And I do want to sort of ask you another question about that money situation, because we haven't mm-hmm. really talked about that yet on the episode until now, but it is raise week after all. <sighs> and money can lead to drama in in real life and especially in the office, what is the sort of final line in your expert opinion on discussing your salary with coworkers? Because you hear <laughs> conflicting yeah. advice about this. I do. Yeah. And I, I don't think there, again, is like a one specific answer. I do think I encourage people to be open when talking about money with uh, their coworkers, with their friends, because I think when we all hide how much we're making, the only people we're hurting are ourselves. So when we go into a negotiation or we're trying to get a new job, we're not equipping each other with the information we need to have good negotiations and to claim our value. So the more we can take the discomfort out of this concept of talking about money, the more we're actually empowering ourselves to claim more of our value. Mm. Um, If you feel uncomfortable having a really specific conversation about the number, you can also talk about it in a range and give somebody a $10,000 range, but that Mm. still can kind of help you zero in um, on how much money, you know, you should be making. I had a client who found out that she was making about $20,000 less than two of her coworkers. And when she went to HR about it, 
this is so crazy. You talk about crazy stories. She found out the only reason she was making $20,000 less is because somebody put a typo in her offer. <gasps> oh my no. God. That's um, awful. And she actually was supposed to be making the salary that the others were making. Uh, and so because she brought it to their attention, she was able to get that salary increase. Uh, did So they, did uh, they reimburse her or they just gave her? Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, I don't actually know the answer to okay, that one. But okay. I do know that she got the higher salary. Well, that's um, good at least. Yeah. So if she had never had that conversation, she never would have even known. Right? Yeah. Uh, that does right. feel like a that's like a great sort of story to remind you to feel empowered to have these conversations and you know in most cases for most people there probably wasn't a typo in your office in your exactly. offer letter but yeah. the point stands that it's up to you to advocate for yourself yeah i do want to add one more quick thing in there i my, one of my favorite quotes is comparison is the thief of joy and that's i want to so throw this true. in there specifically because of this last example um what I don't want people to do is walk around the entire time comparing themselves to their friends and feeling undervalued because of what their friends make. Mm. Because uh, you don't know, again, the full situation, the right. education, you know, what the company values and pays for. So when you're trying to think about what you want from a salary standpoint, um, always look internally to yourself and focus on what you're bringing to the table, what your areas of expertise are, the places where you're adding unique value, and assign numbers to it based on that versus always looking external internally and making right. your decisions based on other people. So smart. That's I feel like we're advice. constantly comparing ourselves to each other right. without yep. realizing there are other specifics that are involved. Right, exactly. Know? So many things involved. And right. I also think, you know, I feel like one of the sort of like, I hate whenever like from time to time I overhear a coworker saying something like, what does that person even do? What uh -huh. is even her job? Been there. Been there. Yeah. Like I think that's, you were there basically on um, So Cosmo. Right. Been there. <laughs> Been there. But I think that's a terrible thing to say because the truth is you actually Unless you are doing someone's job, you don't know what they're doing all right. day long and what responsibilities are on their plate. Yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. So, so anyway, I took that on a tangent just to make that point <laughs> myself. But um, Gabby, final question for you. Um, in a situation, I like one final thing that I want to ask you about is basically HR. You know, I mm -hmm. think there has been some interesting. Um, you know, I, th I think there's been a little bit of debate on how helpful, I don't want to say how helpful HR is. And also, I should say, disclaimer, I love our HR team at Hearst. They're very good. They're very good. But, you know, basically, is HR on your side or not? Or not. Like, is yeah. HR a safe space when you're having issues with a boss or when you feel like you're not being compensated fairly? Or is it kind of worth remembering that they are there to sort of do a job for the company? Hmm. I think every company is probably going to be a little bit different, but generally speaking, I think it's up to you to know your company well enough and make the decision about what the right channel is for your concern. If you are having a really serious issue, like an issue of sexual harassment, then 100% right. HR is the way to go for something like that right. uh, because they absolutely will be on your side and be there to support you um, and make sure that the situation is taken care of and stops. Sure. Um, if it's just, you know, you have to be careful. Where's the line between being that person that's constantly whining and complaining and being the person that has legitimate concerns to raise. Right. I think more often than not having these courageous conversations with the people you work with on a day-to-day -day basis is more likely to be effective, uh, whether that is your boss or your boss's boss or other people on your team. Uh, but certainly, if you have used all of the resources at your fingertips and change still isn't happening, then HR is somebody that you can go to. Um, ultimately, you may be in a situation where the only way out of the negativity you're facing is to find another position. Mm -hmm. But I would say exercise 
you know, the options that are at your disposal before you jump to that conclusion. Right. That's, 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 that's great advice. It is. And I've also, I was told this advice recently by a boss that I really respect in my job when I'd sent a kind of snippy email that I later <laughs> felt really bad about. I, Gabby, this was before you got on the phone, but I've basically been telling Deandra all of my own work <laughs> drama confessions, which is probably not a great idea. But this advice that I got from no, my boss, is. she was like, you don't have to send every email that you write. And I was like, that's mm-hmm. a good that's, point. That is a good point. Mm-hmm. Especially our like smartphone culture yep. where you're like on the subway home and you're like catching up and jotting off replies. I think it's good. And you know, that's the same thing with you know, raising an issue to a supervisor or to HR. Like sometimes there are things that are frustrating, but not everything needs to, you got to use your judgment. You got to edit. Exactly. And I'll give you an example from my personal life because I think it relates in this scenario. When I had a really bad breakup with my boyfriend, I had really strong urges to send him these really long, detailed Mm. emails. And obviously I knew that was not the right direction to go in. But what I did was I wrote them and I sent them to my best friend. And this way I was getting my feelings out. I was still writing it to him. I was sending it to someone but I wasn't actually engaging with right. him. And then she wrote me back and she would like respond and give me feedback to all That's the things so that nice. I shared. So That's a good friend. do that. If you have a trusted coworker in yeah. your office who you are really good friends with, like maybe you can set up that kind of a situation where right. you can yeah. shoot it off to them and they can cool you down and they can coach you out of the situation right. and help you reframe that in a way that would be productive. Just yeah. make sure you're sending it to the right person. Right. No, that was one of my questions earlier. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Double check. Well, Gabby, thank you so thank much. You, Gabby. So glad to have your wisdom and your professional POV on this. You're a much better person to give advice about then whether we or are. not. <laughs> yeah, someone should quit their job than I am. We're just hot messes well, over thanks. here. But thank you, Gabby. Thanks for having me. Thank I appreciate you. it so much. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Deandra, I have just been dropping like life <laughs> truth bombs and work conventions left and right. And I love it. I love Glad it. I you mean, feel comfortable. Yeah, I know. Like too comfortable? Should I be listening well, to taking my own advice? Well, you know all my stuff because it's broadcast on television. That's true. So I'm actually turn. like on the grand scale of being comfortable airing my dirty laundry <laughs> like basically a five compared to you. But um, you're fine. the master. What do you feel like you learned from today's episode of Work Drama and the Cosmopolitan.com Happy Hour podcast? I feel I'm, I'm happy to know that I'm not the only one You're not the only one. It. Yeah. I feel like you know when you're in a situation it can feel so isolating and you yeah. feel like you're literally in it by yourself you don't know who to turn to luckily I have people who I can turn to but a lot of people don't and so it's very isolating so I, I guess yeah, it's good it to know these to are universal problems it's universal exactly problems, and they there are solutions and don't you also I love that you went to solutions I'm still thinking about the plant story <laughs> I'm basically like if something crazy is happening in my workplace you know, maybe someone yeah. is actually maybe, maybe I'm the victim maybe I'm the victim yeah. I know I, I try not to play the victim card I know I but really, like really sometimes do. but sometimes yeah. you never know what yeah. if you like you thought you were crazy and really it's just someone moving the plant right around. really you have a psycho coworker. <laughs> great we've learned so much today <laughs> well Deandra where is is the best place for everyone to follow you and get more inside peaks at the less dramatic side of your work life? Oh, inside peaks, definitely Instagram at Deandra Barnwell. At Deandra Barnwell. Yes, and, for sure. And as always, you guys can follow me at Elisa Benson on Insta and Twitter yep, all and wherever, platforms. all the platforms, all yeah. the platforms. Um, and thank you guys all so much for listening. If there's something you want to see us talk about next week on the Cosmo Happy Hour podcast, just tweet at me and let me know. And as always, please share and like and comment and do all those things that you do with the podcast. Thanks, guys. And thanks, Alisa. Thanks, Deandra. So great to have you. Let's do it again. Obviously. Obviously. All right. See you guys next week. Bye. Bye.
Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.